Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. The wonderful football Wednesday edition of You Better Even rolls on Nick Costos and Ken Barkley here with you on the BetQL Network. An awesome first two hours of the show and an awesome two hours still to come. And in that awesome first two hours of the show, we talked about line movement for week number one of the National Football League. In a word, awesome. How about Drew Dinsick, the whale capper, stopping by, talking week one, talking a little U.S. Open. In a word, Awesome. Narrative bets for week number one in college football from yours truly. That was definitely awesome. Oh, and then yeah. Kenny Ducey. Oh, yeah. And then Kenny Ducey talking U.S. Open tennis live from Flushing Meadows. It was great. Awesome two hours still to come here on the show. We will get you NFL Offensive Player of the Year. We'll get you NFL Defensive Player of the Year. We will give you all our bets for tonight as well in the final hour, power hour of the show. But for now, the rest of the line movement here for week one in the NFL, Jake. With it moved. I think it moved. I think it moved. I think it moved. It moved. Jake, pop on here, and apologies if you did this on the show yesterday, Ken. Jake, was on va- Jake. where were you on vacation? You're posting Instagram stories. It looked like you were, like, hanging out in Chicago with your friends. Like, where, where did you go? I was, uh, I was in Lake of the Ozarks for a bachelor party, actually. Okay. Lake hmm. of the Ozarks. Is that oh, like, yeah. Is that in, is that like the, the show Ozarks Ozark? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Where, where is that? Same lake? No. Missouri. Anyway, that wasn't that wasn't the best interview we've ever done. That's okay. <laughs> like sometimes I wonder, like, and to be like, Jake does a great job. Like, what's yeah. going on in that studio? That's what I want to know. <laughs> like, what happens in Jake's studio? Because, like, to be fair, again, like from our perspective, we're hosting the show. Like, is Jake doing a good job? The answer is yes. Do we like yeah. having him as part of the crew? The answer is yes. Also, what the hell's going on in that studio? We know our pal Mitch Rosen, Ken, was in there during the break. I think you had already yeah. stepped away. And I was laughing because Mitch said that uh, Jake had bad BO after his workout. And Jake said, that, like it's in like in Seinfeld, the, uh, the the deodorant didn't take. Which I thought was funny. Oh. Just that was, to highlight that was that a good line. Jake. Yeah, right. All right. Anyway. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and, yeah. I, and I've just wasted about 70 seconds of our lives. Okay, moving on now. Uh, Ken, let, let's talk about New Orleans and Tennessee, where we've seen some interesting line movement, at least at our show sponsor, 
BetMGM. What do we have right now with the Titans and the Saints Sunday, September 10th in the Big Easy? Yeah, this is a, a point spread that's kind of been going back and forth between uh, all offseason, between Saints 3 and Saints 3.5. Open 3.5, bet down to 3, and we've kind of been ping-ponging uh, to the, the point that, if depending on what sportsbook you went to, depending on what side you were interested in betting, you could have gotten like a, a reasonably priced three on New Orleans and a reasonably priced three and a half on Tennessee, actually at the exact same time. Um, so we're kind of been between those two numbers a lot. Uh, sloppy is a, a word I've used to describe a, a market like this where it's like around a key number, but everything's not aligned at all. It's kind of all over the place. And uh, re the, the sort of most recent uh, ping pong ball, uh, ball bounce backwards is toward three again. So Saints, uh, you're probably a, a three-point favorite in most places, maybe a little bit more interest in Tennessee. I, I feel like early on in the offseason, this was a game we talked about a fair amount. I think you expressed interest in the Titans. I am very interested in the Saints going under their win total. I would like them to lose this game. I don't know if I will have a bet on this game specifically, but very interested in the Saints being average this year or as close to average would be very helpful for me. What do you think? Um, it doesn't mean that you have to make a bet on it. What do you think like the right number in this game is? Uh, I think if I'm basing it just as so I have two answers and I, it'll make sense the way I do it. So like just based on how the teams are rated in all of the futures markets, I think the right number in the game is three and a half. Like, but if you're like, what, what do I kind of like think the fair number in the game is probably three. And like, that's honestly maybe why you're getting some of the disagreement that you're getting right now. Cause it's like, all right, like the saints, like people, people's a stupid word. The market's respect the saints a good amount this year um think that against an easy schedule they have the chance to win a lot of games i uh, think they are the most likely team by far to win their own division it's not that their rating has to be way different than the titans rating they're in different conferences titans play in a really easy division too like they don't have the same excuse that that some of the other afc teams do they get to play anthony richardson twice they get to play cj stroud twice so um i, I think you know, if you just look at all the futures markets and you try to like distill that to a number, you're going to get more than three. But then at the same time, you're like, wait, I get Vrabel plus three and a half against Dennis Allen. And why is that a bad idea? Like someone explained that to me. And I think honestly, that might be some of the push and pull that you're getting here. I, uh, yeah, I think three and a half. I, my senses and curious if you agree that I think this will be three come game day. I think this will be like a bet my opinion game and I'll, and I'll bet the Titans plus three and a half. If we get there again next week, I'm like, that's the number in this game. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm totally okay with betting against New Orleans early in the year when this is the expectation for them. Again, just like a, a coach and a quarterback and a combination that hasn't produced anything close to how they're being rated, and now they're together. And the idea is like, it's just going to go great, and the defense isn't going to miss a beat at all. Um, a defense toward the end of last season was was really good. Remember what they did to like Gardner Minshew in the Eagles game, for example? It was like how they won that game, and their rating was really good on, on defense at least. I, I'm just really skeptical that, like, this combination produces 10 wins a lot of the time. So I think, like, over the balance of the season, I feel really confident the Saints aren't going to do what the market expects. I just, again, trying to, like, be like, okay, well, in week one, that's where it happens. Or in week four, that's where it happens. And it's just, I think if it's going to be three, that's that's fine. Uh, three and a half, maybe it would be, like, a conversation we'd have about both making a bet. But I think we're close enough. I'm just going to be rooting for the Saints to lose every game that they play. It is worth noting that the Tennessee Titans are not projected to have a particularly good offensive line this coming season for Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, and company. Uh, we do a quick hitter here on the Packers and the Bears because we haven't like moved to a key like on a key number off of a key number. But again, this was two and a half a couple of days ago, and I think the market has shown some interest here in the Green Bay Packers, the road team in this game. 
Yeah, we just spent more than enough time on this game. I feel like this offseason because uh, we both have a pretty strong opinion on one team, Green Bay, think they're going to be better. And I have a really strong opinion on Chicago, thinking that they're not going to be particularly good. Uh, and this will come up again when we do Offensive Player of the Year later, where Justin Fields is not the favorite, but like one of the very low-priced players in the market because of his exploits running the football, maybe can have a record-setting season for Chicago. Certainly, if you like Chicago and like them this year, that would be a bet I would consider. Uh, I don't, so I'm not. And there's been some interest in Green Bay in this game. Now, we're not, we've like never been talking about key numbers, not for about three months. There was some Packers plus three, like in July uh, at one point, but that's the only time we've had like a key number conversation. Other than that, it's just exactly how much is Chicago favored by less than three? And the answer has been all kinds of different things. Two and a half, two, one, one and a half right now, consensus number in the game. Bears one and a half. And depending on what you kind of think home field is going to be worth in this game, something like that. Uh, this is essentially saying, like, we think these teams are really, 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 really even in this game specific. Maybe not over the balance of the season. In this game specifically, teams are viewed as very, very, very equal. And obviously, if you want to make a bet, it's because you disagree with that notion. Uh, yeah, I, I like the backers, as we've talked yeah, about. Yeah, you disagree, kind of like you disagree with that notion. You're a strong I, disagreeer. I yeah, right. I I. I kind of like the Packers a lot, and I feel like a lot of people are starting to come around to that train of thought also, but Jordan loves performance in the preseason. I get it. It's just preseason. Maybe he's terrible in week one. Maybe he's terrible over the balance of his career. I uh, I think he's going to play pretty well in this game. I, I, I kind of... I kind of think the Packers might like railroad the Bears in this game. I think the Packers might win big. Uh, we'll talk about okay. this next week. Maybe some some maybe some alt spreads here with Green Bay and Chicago. At least for me, you better you bet with Nick and Ken talking line movement week one, uh, week one in the National Football League. Um, these next two, I feel like we might spend a little more time on. We'll get to the Bills and the Jets on Monday Night Football in the Week One finale in a second. But Ken, let's you and I talk about the Eagles and the Patriots here. Uh, Tom Brady Day in Foxborough. Uh, we had Whale Capper on last hour. Drew Dinsick joined us on the show in an awesome interview, and Whale said that he was part of the action that moved this line down and uh he had interest in the patriots ken in this game uh we've now been pushed under four and we are at three and a half eagles minus three and a half total 45 uh what's your opinion on this move where it might be going your own personal thoughts here unpack it for us please eagles and the patriots yeah it's obviously one of the more interesting games because you have a, a team with like a, a really good pedigree new england against literally like maybe the best roster in the league team that made the super bowl last year and uh and yeah the the consensus number in this market is three and a half like across the board that is a, a really stark change obviously from what we saw even like a week ago this was one of those games remember when the market first opened for all the week ones philly was a side that got bet like right away like they were one of the things that actually moved up like toward the favorite right when the market opened it's funny to see that kind of pullback now that we're uh, we're getting closer to game week and, and what's going to happen i know kind of whales argument which isn't and i can't really like argue for or against it is just the idea that like try to distill this down so basically when you have a defensive-minded head coach who's like incredibly talented belichick uh and you have an opportunity to get points with that coach in a game with a very low total this game that that's going to be like a pretty good idea because like their conservative nature and their strong defensive ability will create a close game which the patriots could could win but also just cover and like lose by lose by three or something like that it's i just uh the thing that i'm a little concerned about with the patriots is like I get that it could be way different than last year because the offense will, I mean, you would hope be better. Like you, it almost can't not be better. The offense uh, last year was obviously pretty brutal. Mac Jones was hurt for a little bit and Zappy came in, but like pretty brutal. Just 
the last couple of years, the Patriots in some of these games against really, really talented rosters, it's not like they've all been bad. Like they had the game, I think that was a couple of years ago against Dallas, the overtime loss by six, which was an excruciating point spread loss for oh, me because I had England. But like, so that's like <laughs> a really three, good roster. Plus and three and a half, right? Plus three and Patriot, a half in that yeah. game. And we, yeah. yeah. It actually opened more than that too in a close three and a half. That's, that's great. Uh, just uh, like last year, you know, like, all right, like talented rosters. Like, all right, the, I mean, the, the week one game against Miami was like a no-show. I mean, like they lose the game by 13. They score seven points. They play Baltimore in week three. That's a little bit of what this game reminds me of is like, oh man, like similar point spread market could kind of talk yourself into New England. Baltimore wins that game 37-26. Wasn't really as close, I think, in the second half as the the score makes it out to be. I'd have to go back and like re-examine like exactly what happened. And then they play the Bills twice. They lose by multiple possessions in both games. Now they managed to play a pretty close game against the Bengals during that time. But like, I just, I think the Patriots post Brady like the best way to kind of like summarize what they are is like kind of what Wales saying but I think it's more like when they're when they like they can't punch above their weight anymore like it's really unlikely that they can do so like the best win that they've had over this entire stretch is the insane weather Monday night game against the Bills where they like crafted this like Naval Academy game plan in order to win the game. Okay, well, like those conditions aren't going to present themselves a lot. What happens when it's just a normal football game? A little more like those data points I gave last year. So I think the Patriots for me, and we saw that, and I'll do the flip side of the coin in a second, is like playing way more talented team than them, can't hang, playing bad team at like any number, like smash. Really? Yeah. I mean, remember what they did to Sam Ellinger last year? One of the most embarrassing football games ever played. And just, it seems like rookie, what do we always hear about Belichick? Rookie quarterbacks, you know, like takes advantage of them. Maybe they're just like a, okay, like what is the caliber of the team they're playing against? Like, yeah, you need to know the price, but you're going to be able to guess what it is in a lot of spots. They're going to be small favorites against the bad teams on the road, slightly bigger favorites at home. And they're going to be dogs to everybody who's good. And like, I think the more talented teams probably have a better shot against them. And the rookie quarterbacks and the really struggling teams, especially late in the season, Belichick teams also take a little while to get going historically. They do not play well in September. Um, I think those are the situations, the bad teams, November, October, where like, yeah, they'll win by five touchdowns and it'll make their defense look really good. That's not this. So that would be play the Eagles if you kind of followed that philosophy. We also had in that Monday night game where Belichick had what you call like the Naval Academy game plan. You had Sean McDermott doing his best impersonation of the Scarecrow from the Wizard of Oz. If I only had a brain... <laughs> The dumbest, one of the dumbest gameplay. I was like screaming at the television that night with that Monday night game. The Bills did get some revenge by handing it to the Patriots twice a couple times in the last couple yep. games of the season, including in the wild card round in Buffalo, where Josh Allen, I think, is still throwing touchdowns in that game yeah. against the Patriots. Um, we'll do, uh, that, was, that game was a blowout. Uh, we'll do Bills and the Jets to start the next segment, but just like opinion wise here, Ken, on this game, and I'll give my opinion after yours. Like, do you have a thought now that it's three and a half? Does that make you want to bet? make a bet one way or another because if you want to bet the Patriots like you're still getting more than a field goal right now like I don't think like the hypothetical value has gone with New England yet I don't know if you agree disagree your thought on this game right now I uh, just with everything I just said and that is kind of how I think about the Patriots um I'd be curious what like a buy to three looks like right now for Philly which is so funny because Wales like people are going to talk themselves into this well I'll raise my hand uh there's what three and a half minus oh five in a couple places on the Eagles so that's like three minus like what 29 30 depending on what you can get Man, if it got a little better than that, slightly less expensive three, I I would that's actually a bet I'd consider placing like really soon. I don't I don't buy this. Like I don't buy the difference between these teams. Maybe I'm nuts. 
Like, are we? Are we? If, if we're headed to three here, I'll lay three with Philadelphia. I agree with you completely. I, and I know, like, well joked about the mobile quarterback thing. Yeah, it's also like a like that Justin Fields and the Bears yeah. crushed them. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's actually kind of a thing. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, one more game to hit and it moved the Bills and the Jets. We'll get to that on the other side for Monday Night Football. And then we'll start breaking down offensive player in the year in the NFL. How about Stephon Diggs and Garrett Wilson, two players playing in that game on Monday night.